You're listening to the last session of the day with the Sight Guys. Welcome back to the last session of the day with the Sight Guys. Today, Dr. Wukin and I opened up a conversation about cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT. Hopefully it's informative and you enjoy it as much as I did. So Tim, uh, I, 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 I do always wonder about how do you present CBT to clients that you work with or even friends if they ask like, oh, you do this evidence-based thing and it's called cognitive behavioral therapy. Like, how do you think of it and how do you present it to people that you know? Yeah, uh, to be honest, I, I don't really describe it too much unless, unless people like really ask me. You know, mm -hmm. typically, it, the, I guess the, the modality that I'm using um, I guess that's kind of more, more so like behind the scenes for me. Like, of course I'm thinking like in that theory of whatever theory I'm using. Um, I don't necessarily explain it to everyone, but you know, to your point, a lot of people ask, right. You know, it's, um, CBT, it's, it's, it's sort of like everywhere. Like, like people talk about it. And a lot of times we, we get questions like what even is it? So, um, so when I do explain it, you know, well, I, I always start off by by explaining the the, the CBT triangle, right? So mm -hmm. um, thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, and and I mean you know that each each corner of the triangle is is each one of those things, and and how they all relate to each other, right? So um, you know when I'm, I'm when I'm describing CBT, I really say we we t we take a really good look at our thoughts, our feelings, and our behaviors, and how each of them interact with each other, um, leading us to our current level of functioning or, or mm -hmm. what have you using that triangle to uh, understand and explain behavior and then using that triangle to um, change behavior. Yeah. 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 No, no, I hear it. And I, I think it's, it's, I think it's well put and it's so, sort of really simple. I think people get it like, yeah, we have thoughts, we have, we engage in behaviors and we have mm -hmm. feelings and they all kind of go together in this, you know, uh, bi-directional sort of a way, meaning it affects each other. And that's, to me, the beauty of CBT. Obviously, it's CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. So mm -hmm. I, I think the potentially one way to think of it is <clears throat> we have a good amount of volitional control over our behaviors. We can go we can go to the left, we can go to the right, right? So we mm -hmm. want to capitalize on that. We have some level of volition or control or management or intentionality around our thoughts. And that's kind of, and I think you and I will jump into this idea of cognitive restructuring. So we have some intentional volitional control over how we think. We have less intentional volitional control over how we feel. Because if that mm -hmm. was true, people would come in and say like, I'm sad. And I would tell you, well, just don't be sad and everything's fixed and thank you very much and everybody goes in their merry way. But unfortunately, we don't have that level of access to mm -hmm. emotional change. So that's why it's called cognitive behavioral and going with the idea that everything is interconnected. If we can change a cognition, we can change the feeling and we can change the behavior. If we can change the behavior, we can change the thinking, aka cognition, and our feeling. We're like, so that's that's the idea of cognitive behavioral rather than like cognitive emotional or emotional is because we're trying to look at the the agents of change which in this case would be thoughts and behaviors would you would you uh would you say that you see it similarly oh yeah yeah a hundred percent and you know i i know i i know myself anyways um, mm -hmm. i i spent a lot of time in my cbt work focusing on thoughts mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. like, and like i i call it i, I call it thinking about our thinking oh. um, <laughs> 
Right. And uh, yeah, right. and and a lot, well, a lot of times we don't think about our right. thoughts. They just they just happen and uh, kind of like autopilot, if you will. Um, so 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 really personally, me as a as a therapist, um, I work with a lot of people when I'm doing CBT um, on thinking about our thinking, right? Um, and really, what that means is taking a step back and stopping and pausing and well, taking a look at the thoughts that are running through our head and examining, right, how those thoughts influence our feelings and then how those feelings then th- therefore influence our behavior, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I always use the, the cheesy example of, you know, if, if my dog goes to the bathroom on the floor, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to have an automatic thought of something along the lines of, oh my gosh, he's the worst dog in the world. Right. And then that thought is going to lead me to feel angry. And then when I'm angry, well, I might pick up a newspaper and hit him on the butt. Right. Um, whereas if I take a look at that thought, right, he's the worst dog in the world. Well, okay. Is he actually the worst dog in the world? (laughs) Well, no, (laughs) he's, he's not the worst dog in the world. He's certainly not the best dog in the world. Um, he's somewhere in the middle. And so I can, I can change that thought to something a little bit more true. And I say, well, he's not the worst dog and he's not the best dog. That thought then leads me to have a different feeling, which is more, I don't know, neutral. Right. And then I behave more neut- neutrally. Right. Um, so that's 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 always the cheesy little example that I give to kind of explain um, how, you know, pausing and stopping and thinking about our thinking and tweaking that thought, how that can really change a lot of my emotional experience and, and, and what I do. Sure, sure. No, I, I get it. So it sounds like in your work, you almost like prioritize the the C in the, in the CBT. I, I, I do. Yeah. And, and, and of course, I mean, uh, of course, lo- looking at behavior is super important as well, right. but um, I don't know. I, I, I think it resonates like really well with me and I found a lot of success in, mm-hmm. in my work with, with people like sort of uh, spending a little bit more time on the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so I've sort of just like kind of found my way there. Sure. Um, and also, I mean, working on behavioral things is, is super important too. And, and I, and I know you're a big fan of like exposures and all of that stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm as much as of a, of a fan of cognitive change. Um, to me, you know, the B really kind of stands supreme if you will, because uh, yeah, I'm a big believer in like exposures, meaning like we, we could kind of change how you think of it. And I think to your point, it does lead to some uh, emotional uh, changes, but to me really pushing yourself, let's say if you're scared of a dog, like really getting yourself out there and to have the, the, uh, the positive reward of improved emotional change as well as a different view on it. So yeah, if you if if you ask me, you know, as you know, when we people work with, who who are you know feeling sad and low, like activating behavioral activation to me mm-hmm. is a big part about how to get people going. Exposures where if there's some sort of a fear or anxiety to push people, maybe using some motivational interviewing to get people to do it and to see that the emotional change is sort of the reward that you get for acting in a particular way. Yeah, I'm a I'm I'm a huge fan. Like that is definitely my 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 go to uh, and. Obviously, you know, to kind of to your point, to supplement for some cognitive change, maybe as a precursor or in tandem or whatever the case may be. Yeah, you know, I um, so I I totally hear what you're saying. There, 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 there are some times where I don't know. Let's say I'm seeing someone who's you know like really really anxious about you know going outside and being mm-hmm. in front of other people, right? And and let's say if we if if we create an exposure or or, or a new behavior where we might take a walk around the block. Right. Um, 
I've, I've, I've done that a handful of times with folks. And then I feel like exposures are super powerful because almost every single time, you know, like we get back into the room after that exposure or, mm-hmm. or whatever the exposure is. And it's sort of that um, like experience of having done it. Uh, like, like it really, really hits home. Yep. And it's, and it's not just us thinking about it or like imagining it or anything like that. Like it actually happened. So, so, so there's that experience that we have that then really changes how we think and feel. Um, so I totally hear what you're saying about kind of like the, the, the B and how exposures and behavioral activation, all that sort of stuff is, is, is hugely important and yeah. it's t- tons of change. Yeah, that is, uh, I mean, and I'm glad that we're having this compliment uh, to each other in terms of like who focuses on what. And I'm sure some of the listeners could potentially resonate. Yeah, I could definitely do the cognitive route or yeah, definitely I could kind of see myself being more of a, of a you know, behavior experiment uh, kind of a person. So, you know, it's definitely up to the, you know, to the clinician's liking, of course, and also to the client's liking in terms of what they could resonate with. Obviously, all under the huge umbrella that it's a therapeutic process and that connection. I just don't want to make it sound like it's super dry, like you do this. It's like Mm. super focused on X, Y, and Z. There's still a therapeutic relationship that without Mm. that piece, we can't really get anywhere. It's just Mm -hmm. CBT really uses the therapeutic alliance or rapport or however you want to call it and just adds in evidence-based tools that's been studied in research to suggest a particular way to get better. Right. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about that, that, that really is a huge part of my explanation in, in right. CBT, right? So, so kind of explaining like, yes, it, it is an evidence-based treatment, uh, meaning that it's been studied and it's been shown to be effective and, and all that sort of stuff, um, which is one of the huge, um, one, of the, one of the big reasons why I think it, it, it's so popular mm-hmm. um, nowadays because it's what have been, sh- been, been shown to work. Um, and and well, now that I'm thinking about it, I think the mm-hmm. fact that it's evidence-based is a huge pro to CBT. Um, do you have any, and any other, any other uh, benefits or, or drawbacks that, that 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 you think of from a therapist's point of view of CBT? I, I think CBT is really good for uh, <clears throat> your anxieties and your depression, and you know, mm-hmm. often anger issues is is a really great way to kind of take off the edge if you will, and get people functioning again. I also think that, you know, CBT in general also has some, I don't want to say drawbacks, because I think it's designed for symptom relief. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do, however, think longstanding traumas, difficulty in expression, um, even longstanding addictions and things like that, it's just missing some components that I Mm -hmm. think it just wasn't specifically designed to that. Um, I work with a lot of men. So for a lot of men, really finding creative ways to express their thoughts and feelings is not necessarily to change how they think and feel. It's really finding ways to express themselves, which I'm not really quite sure CBT is the the best uh, conduit for that. So I, you know, just to kind of even in the literature, some people say, oh, there are shortcomings to CBT. I don't necessarily think of its shortcomings of CBT. I just think it's designed for specific things, that it works really well in treatment studies. So therefore, I would encourage everybody to be big fans of it. I just also do think that there's some clinical presentations out there that may not benefit as much from this sort of treatment. And as you and I talked about, let's say other modalities like EMDR and things, and I know I work with emotionally focused therapy for couples. It's just like, it's just, let's 
call it for what it is. It is helpful in particular subset of clinical presentations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, totally agree. I, I mean, I really think it is. It it it's sort of. Um, I, w- I don't want to call it quick and easy, but. It, but it is a little bit more surface level mm. and, and, it, and, and it's designed for symptom reduction and, and it does and right. it works, but, but it's, but it's far less um, exploratory, if you will. Right. Right. It's not like we're really kind of like, like digging deep, pulling back layers, kind of like uh, being really inquisitive about all of our, you know, history and memories and all of those sorts of things. It, it is a little bit more surface level. It's a little bit more here and now. Um, and it's about kind of like working on symptom reduction for the here and now, which is great. Right. Um, and I guess in theory, it could be one of those quote unquote drawbacks. Right. And uh, <clears throat> a lot of people, uh, and I'm sure you, you could potentially uh, relate to this as well, are calling in, like literally, I get phone calls says that people say, I'm not really interested in digging in my past. I've already done mm-hmm. that. All I want is not feeling anxious or not feeling angry or not feeling a particular way, or I should say, manage a better way. So it works really, really well for a good subset of population. And when they're specifically calling to say like, hey, listen, I've already done some exploration work. I'm just looking for symptom relief. Obviously, sometimes people are calling in not knowing what they need. So to me, Mm -hmm. a great clinician would do a really thorough assessment to kind of get a sense of what's needed and then triage, if you will, appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, I, I think that it's actually rare and, and in my opinion, and, may, and maybe I'm wrong here, but, but I think that it's rare that, that, that someone is strictly using just CBT, right? I think that, I think a lot of us like, like pull from CBT and, and kind of like use like skills and techniques and, and all those sorts of things and, and, and kind of weave them in. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think that it is rare for a therapist to be just like strictly 100% doing just CBT. Right. I, I think it's it's probably if somebody worked in academic setting and then transitioned quickly into mm-hmm. clinical setting, they want to do this manualized treatment. But as most of the clinicians that work in in uh, in uh, outpatient settings really know that you, you take CBT, you apply it to what's going on. Sometimes you need to spend more time on the C, sometimes more in the B, sometimes more in the T for therapy in building that relationship. Sometimes it's really kind of pulling other elements in to talk a little bit more about the past. So, I mean, there's been some attempts, as you know, let's say schema therapy is really mm-hmm. kind of a, I think of it as CBT 2.0, like expanding it out a little bit, taking more of the past into consideration. So there's obviously... Other ways that people have been using CBT. I I do, however, think like even if you think of schema therapy, if you think of other approaches like dialectical behavior therapy, um, and and all act for for instance as well. There's a Mm -hmm. solid uh, foundational basis on cognitive behavioral work, and that's what you know. Dr. Beck, who came up with cognitive therapy, is is really kind of the founder of it because a lot of the things that other people quote unquote use is really based in that. Yeah. So yeah. you can't really go wrong with something that's been a foundation for so many different third, fourth, fifth, and whatever waves of treatments out there. Yeah. What one hundred percent agree? And 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 I, I, I guess I'll just take your point really quick. So much has you know, so many different ways of treating people have to like really thank CBT for for mm-hmm. what for 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 a lot of the groundwork. You know, yeah. because but before CBT, it was a lot of. Uh, psychodynamic or maybe just thought work, which is, which is, um, 
a little bit different than 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 CPT, and I mean we right. can get we get into that in, in another podcast. But um, but yeah, a, a lot of the therapy that people go through today is is very much grounded in CBT. And I don't know, a, a lot of the good work that we do is very much grounded in it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So C- CBT is, is really great for, for those individuals looking for symptom relief uh, and also gives, I think, the footing to maybe talk about other things if needed, because oftentimes we do in the beginning try to do symptom relief and then begin to explore other things that are a little bit deeper. I don't want to come across as like CBT. And then one common question is, I don't know if you get this. I I know I definitely get it. Like, so wait, so after 12 or 16 sessions, we terminate regardless. I was like, no, 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 no. This is just an evidence. This is just, you just read this somewhere, maybe in a scientific article to suggest that they, they do this for 16 or 12 to 12 to 20 sessions or something like that. No, in real life, that's really not how that works. You, you get the, grounding the foundational information and some of the tools but, but yeah but then it hopefully lends itself to other exploration if needed yeah yeah you know um another part that i think about and, and we should probably mention here in cbt uh, a lot of homework right right, right um it's right. a good point a, a lot of homework goes into cbt which is which is um maybe a little unique compared to other other therapies mm-hmm. but um you know i have many, many, many handouts that, that I give to people because really what I want to be happening is the, the things that we do in session to be sort of like reinforced at home, right? So um, lots of like thought logs. Um, <laughs> I send people thought logs all the time. Right, right. And, and there really is a big homework component to it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you for mentioning that because that that's uh, super important. And that's one of the basis of CBTs that house this uh, being used in between sessions, right? Like, because that's where you really want to solidify gains. And as, as one of uh, you know, our colleagues said, which still resonates with me, how is this different from having a conversation with a friend? Right, like yeah. I, I know it may be such a simple idea and I, I give credit to where, where, where it's due for that sort of kind of thinking about it or that uh, simply put phrase that I think it's so important to remember, like how is how is therapy different from talking to a friend? And I think CBT does a really nice job of making it more than quote unquote, just a conversation with a friend. Yeah, it, it, it makes it makes it like more tangible, more mm-hmm. goal oriented, more like, okay, like, like objective based, like we're going to do X, Y, Z in order to achieve one, two, three. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's it, in my first couple meetings with a person, mm-hmm. I can kind of like suss out like like if, if CBT is like really going to resonate with them, and mm-hmm. and 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 it's actually really neat when <laughs> when you could tell that you have a person where it's like oh man like 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 this is going to resonate with your brain so well, uh, <laughs> like, give me these concrete things to do, and I will do them, and I will learn this. Yeah. Um, whereas some other folks, right? Like I I start to weave in some some CBT stuff. <laughs> Sometimes they they look at me and they say no. No, right. Like, no, no. And I say, okay. Um, so I, I guess that's a, I guess that's a way of saying it, you know, it's, it, it's effective. It, it, it works. It's, it's great with symptom reduction. Uh, for some people, it, it resonates really, really well for some people, not so much. And that's totally okay. Right. Right. It's just, it's so funny that I just, I'm still laughing from what you said. I have so many experiences where I'm like thinking, this could be helpful. And I do this, my whole spiel of presenting it. And then I get this sort of like blank stare, like, uh, n- no, 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 
I'm not doing this. <laughs> and yes. and then that's it's that's it is what it is. And that that's not that doesn't happen. And we think of a different approach. Right. And then and then we go with it. And you know we we, we find what works. But it's but it's totally true. Yeah. It's just sometimes it's so funny. Like uh, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing any of this. All right. Noted. <laughs> yeah, so so it's kind of it's so that's why it is also up to a particular type of a personality mm. style that that it could um, could work really well for. Yeah, I'm I, I I'm I'm thinking in closing, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, for, for for anyone who's who, who's in therapy or you know or or thinking about therapy, um, I encourage I, I I encourage people to, to to ask right about you know kind of like. Like what, what modality do you use and, and sort of how do you use it? And kind of, I mean, I'm sure the therapist would open up a conversation similar to this, right? right. I, I, I think that this is a good, like, like little like framework, foundational talk about, about CBT. But of course, there's way more that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like really going through it and, and, and experiencing it. It could be yeah. a really great process. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hear you. I, I really do think it's important in terms of asking what, what, what you said about, you know, with the clinician or the therapist that you're working with or doing some research in the back end. I also strongly encourage people not to um, rigidly think about treatment A versus treatment mm. B because I often get phone calls where it's like, well, I was told to do CBT only, not CBT with DBT, right? Like I just kind of for the audience that are listening, just just think of these are still therapeutic intervention. There's a lot of overlap. This is not like medication where, mm-hmm. you, you know, heart medication is different from your kidney medication, right? Like, and these two things are very different. In therapy, you know, a seasoned clinician, a seasoned therapist usually borrows from different types of treatment. So just that that's just my pet peeve, I guess, is to kind of put some information out there for our listeners, just to make sure, do your research, see, talk to the clinicians that you're thinking about working with just to see how, how they see it. But please don't be rigid about one treatment versus the other. Let's not forget, these are all therapeutic interventions, mm-hmm. right? Like, so at, to, to some degree, different people prefer different things and you just have to figure out what you resonate with. Right, right. And to to, to take that maybe a little bit off, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's it, it's really a, a, a theoretical framework that mm-hmm. we draw from, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, like we learn and we understand the theories, we understand how it works and why it works. And, and, and we always have those theories in, in, in the back of our mind to inform what we do, right? So um, it, it isn't quite as rigid as, as people would probably think from like reading online, like CBT right. versus DBT versus ACT versus EMDR, you know, um, it's never it, it's 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 far more nuanced and um and there's and there's far more overlap mm-hmm. than i think anyone would gather from just doing some research online right right so that's just the word of caution please be informed learn about all these uh approaches but please realize these are all therapeutic approaches and they have a good amount of overlap even if we talk about more you know older uh, more traditional ways of, of, of intervention, such as psychodynamic, psychoanalytic, although they have a different way of, of going about it, but some of the principles are still the same. So just mm-hmm. kind of, again, I know I'm repeating myself, but just a word of caution, talk to the therapist, see if you could resonate with them, see what they use, how they do it before making any decisions. Awesome advice. All right. Very cool. Thank you guys so much for listening. Take care. 
This has been the last session of the day with the Psych Guys. See you next time.